Welcome to the Refuge Podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd like to also invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Acts in the second chapter. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to open them up. Acts 2, beginning with verse 2. It'll also be on the screens in front of you. Hear the word of the Lord. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. They were all in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and it filled the house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is the word of God for the people of God. And the people said, thanks be to God. Amen. Let's pray. God, I just pray that the words out of my mouth would honor you. I pray, God, that as we listen, that all the things that are distracting might fall away. I know especially when we are at home, there's so much vying for our attention. And so, God, maybe for just these next few minutes, may we focus on nothing but you and what you want to speak to each of our hearts today. Amen. So, I heard this story this week about a Baptist preacher and his wife, and they wanted to get a dog. They had been in the market for a little while, but they decided that it was really important because of his station as a Baptist preacher for that dog to be Baptist also. And so they went to a very special kennel where they did a lot of training with dogs, and so they got to know the manager, and the manager heard what it was that they wanted, And he said, I have the perfect dog for you. And so he pulls this dog out and he says, dog, go get the Bible. And the dog goes and he fetches the Bible off a bookshelf full of other books. It was super impressive. And then he said, dog, open it up to Psalm 23. And with great dexterity, this dog opens it up to Psalm 23. It was amazing. And the Baptist preacher and his wife said, that's it. That's our dog. And so they took their dog home, and that night some of the parishioners came over. They were having a little party, and they introduced the dog to the folks, and they showed him all of his tricks. And he went through all these different scriptures, and he could find them. Like, he for sure wasn't a Methodist dog. He like knew all the, the memory verses by heart, and he found them in there. I'm just kidding. Um, and then they got to this point where this man said, well, that's great, I'm glad that he can do all of that, but does he know any regular dog tricks? And the preacher said, well, I don't know. Let me try something. Hey, dog, heel. And the dog jumps up in the chair and takes his paw and puts it on the preacher's head and pushes hard. And then the preacher says, oh my gosh, I've been swindled. This is not a Baptist dog. This is a Pentecostal dog. So this morning, whether your background is Pentecostal or whether you come from a non-denominational church, a Baptist church like I did growing up, a Methodist church, wherever you're from, just know that that God is here speaking to you as well as he speaks to all of his children every single week. You know, today is the day traditionally known in the church as Pentecost. 
It is the birthday of the church, the time when we really emphasize uh, the arrival of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Now one of the words used to describe the Spirit of God is wind. As I was telling them this morning in the earlier service about a lesson I learned about wind when I was in seminary. I went to seminary on the campus of Northwestern in Evanston, Illinois at Garrett Evangelical Theological Seminary. You should be impressed. It's a very wonderful sounding name. Um, But grade school on the shores of Lake Michigan, which is beautiful, looks more like an ocean really than it does a lake. And one of the things that you could do as a student there was you could go sailing. And so whenever I would walk the shores, I would see all these sailboats and they were just magnificent. And I really wanted to sail in one of those boats. Problem was, I didn't actually know how to sail. Uh, So I found a friend And I said, hey, let's go sailing. Let's rent one of these boats. And she says, great. Do you know how to sail? And I said, no. And she goes, me either. But that'll be okay, right? Surely we can do this. How hard could it be to sail a boat? And so we went to the bookstore and we read all about how you do that. We talked with some folks who had been sailing before and they gave us all kinds of tips. I don't, in retrospect, know why we did not invite them to come with us. That might've been helpful, but we didn't. We were determined. We were gonna do it on our own. And so the day finally came. We picked a beautiful day, not a cloud in the sky, to go sailing. And we rented this boat and it was as beautiful as beautiful as I thought it would be, just magnificent ship. Um, And we got on it, checked all the gear, like the steps said we were supposed to do. We pushed off from the shore, launched, and got into the water, even got to the point where we hoisted our sail. And it was there that we learned a very valuable lesson. And that was this. You can read books about sailing. You can even make a sailboat. I had a friend who did that uh, when we were younger. You can seek advice from the wisest and most knowledgeable sailors. You can even go on one of the finest lakes on a glorious day with inviting sun and successfully hoist the sail. But, and this is a really big but, only God can make the wind blow. So needless to say, we did not go anywhere that day, and it might explain why we were the only boat out there. Um, I was telling someone later that we embarrassingly had to be towed back to shore because we couldn't go anywhere. Wind is a bit wild and unpredictable like that. It can be comforting and soothing. It can lift things up. It can also be destructive and it can lay things flat pretty quick. It can be a source of power when you need one, but, and again, this is a very big but, it cannot be controlled. You cannot contain it, and it goes where it wants to go when it wants to go there. 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, his closest followers were gathered in a room, and Jesus had told them to wait there for him in this place, and he was gonna send the spirit. I'm not really sure they understood what he was saying. You know how sometimes people tell you things and you kind of nod and you go, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll do that. And so they did. They, they waited faithfully like he asked them to. And I don't think they knew what was going to happen next. But then there's this moment, according to Luke, when there is this rush of violent wind 
that comes into the place and suddenly everyone's awake. Everyone knows that something is happening in this place. You cannot ignore wind like that. Maybe you've been in a big gust of wind that knocks everything over and it's kind of an interesting thing because it might have been very calm right before and then bam, it's there and you're fully aware of its presence. And that was the Holy Spirit coming into this place quite suddenly coming alive in this small group. Then Luke uses a different word to describe the spirit. The word is fire. Like tongues of fire above them, tongues of fire within them. And this fire was so rapidly spreading in this room that it enabled them to do something they had previously been unable to do. They started speaking in all kinds of languages and they went from that place and they began declaring the great truths of Jesus, of his death and his resurrection and and people all around them that normally wouldn't have understood them, understood. It is a bit of foreshadowing of what is to come because the Christian faith is about to become a global faith and it belongs to no one and everyone. It is a faith for all people. And that fire kindled a fire, which kindled a fire that continues to burn to this day. Every place that they went after that, they left a group of people, and the Greek word is laos, and it means laity. And these were just regular folks. These weren't the ones who were seminary trained. These weren't the ones who were part of the synagogue leadership. Just regular people. This is who... The future of the movement was entrusted to. These would be the ones, like all of you, that would determine whether this faith would live or would die, whether the fire would spread from family to family, friend to friend, neighbor to neighbor, or whether it would be put out. And that's the way that it always is, the way that the fire in the church spreads. It comes when one life is transformed, and then that life transformed goes and transforms another and tells the story. Maybe that is how you came to know Jesus, because someone lit that fire in you as they shared their testimony. And so the spirit is like wind, and the spirit is like fire, but the spirit is also like breath. The Hebrew word is ruach. It's the word that's used to describe what God did in the garden. You remember Adam was just lifeless. And so God breathed into him his spirit. And that is what made him alive. We hear that kind of story in Ezekiel 37. You know the one the valley of dry bones. There is that last bit that says, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones, I will breathe into you and you will come to life. I will put breath and then you will know that I am the Lord. Breath, not hot air, but breath. Ezekiel is right. When God sends God's own breath, we are brought alive. When God gives it, everybody knows it. And everybody breathes. We've been having a lot of conversation lately about breath for lots of different reasons. It seems to be a word that has come up a lot lately. And so I've been thinking about that. And I've been thinking about how it is this common thing among us, this common thing that we have from God. 
And I wonder if it isn't that breath that could be the building block for a better day. I mean, God is our creator after all, all of us. And God has infinite imagination and infinite power. And since we can't contain that power, there is no telling what God could do. Maybe God intentionally comes into our settled life and causes a bit of a disruptive mess. Just as that same spirit comes into the mess that we have made of things in our lives and in our communities and breathes again into it, puts life where there was none, that is Pentecost. And it's true for all of us It's hard to know sometimes what it is that the Spirit is doing. We want to contain it. We want to control it. We want to predict it. We want to name it and own it so that it only goes where we want it to go to the ones that we want it to go to. But I perceive that we have been a bit foolish about this because God is doing something right now in ways that we have never seen before. I see change and it is coming. And in fact, it has already come just in these last few months, change has been coming. And even now, in the midst of some chaos in cities around our country, there has been a change. It is Pentecost, after all. The real God of the Bible doesn't stay hidden in the book. The book says that God is active in the world and God never ceases to be. Always birthing people into faith. Always holding out hope of a better day. Giving us power to truly love one another in the way that he loves us. Filling us with words that declare Jesus as the center of it all. When God comes like a spirit, like a holy wind, like a fire, like a breath, people are brought alive in Christ, even those who are no longer living. Henry Nouwen says this, you know, we cannot break through the many barriers that divide us, the races, the sexes, all the different nations, but the spirit of Christ unites all people in an all-embracing love of God. The spirit of Christ burns away our fears and our anxieties and sets us free to move wherever we are sent. And that is the great liberation of Pentecost. You see, that fire pushes us to cross boundaries. That fire awakens us to see things that maybe we didn't want to see. Maybe we couldn't see the day before. It lights things up, makes things plain, begins to speak to our hearts. And so as much sometimes as we don't want to hear it, It keeps speaking to us until at last we hear it in our own native tongue and the truth comes forward. And there becomes this insatiable desire in us to think about other possibilities in the spirit. You know, we need that fire. We need that breath in our bodies, the fire in our bones, a vision of a new day. And we need it more than ever. Because right now, for so, so many reasons, we truly cannot breathe. And when there is no breath, there is no life. 
And we have spent too long as a church sitting on the sidelines of our faith, watching our once robust witness fade into this tiny, pitiful little whisper that nobody wants to listen to. We have slipped into our comfortable routines. We've become complacent about our faith, content to just let things lie, to keep silent, to let others whom we believe are more gifted, more holy, more trained, take the lead. And as a result, we have become weaker and weaker. And now months and years and generations have gone by and it's been too long. We run around and we look like the church and we dress like the church and we talk like the church and we build buildings like church likes to do and we know songs, lots of songs. But we have to always be asking ourselves, are we not more? Are we not more than just those who sit in the space, who say we are leaders in the faith, who say we are followers of Jesus? Is our faith truly alive? Does it have breath? And we see that more churches are closing really than they are opening. But I have this hope that that can change. We know that the world long ago stopped listening to us, maybe because we weren't very good witnesses. We were trying, but we just weren't getting it. And so my prayer really for us on this Pentecost Sunday is that we might not be afraid of having the challenging conversations. We might not be afraid to invite that spirit to come among us once again, even if we can't contain it, even if we can't control it, even if we don't know where it will lead us and we are anxious and uncertain. I do know this, that spirit is the source of life. We can trust it. If we follow it, it will lead us to the only place truly in which we can have hope. May God's spirit be at the center of our vision for our future. May today his spirit light a new fire in your bones. May it blow down all those things that need to be blown away to make room for something new that God might do. And may you find your breath in him, and live again. This is the word of God for the people of God, and the people said, thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more about The Refuge and Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityruston.org.